0: Welcome to the Plan B Podcast, all about leadership in life. Today on the show, I am going to be interviewing a very special guest, my husband, Cam Van Roon. He and I have a shared story of disruption that has come our way. And today's podcast is entitled Disruption, When Disruption Comes Your Way. In this podcast today, I want to talk about some of the similarities between 2020 and a year when we felt disruption and we were keenly aware of how disruption affects us personally and professionally. We're on the edge of a new year, 2021. I feel like we have been here before. It's a new year, there's new year's resolutions, new goals, new plans, but something feels different this year. It feels like we've collectively had this giant slap in the face, 2020. We made all kinds of plans, 2020, it had a big name. It was a big number. It felt like a great year for grand plans. And then it became the year that wasn't. We didn't do this. We didn't do that. And it's hard not to carry some amount of disappointment around into that next year. Tentatively, we make new plans moving into a new year with new hopes. And maybe this year, in 2021, we recognize the way we always should have made plans. If I have health, I will do this. If the borders open, I will do that. If the Lord allows, I will do this. I will hopefully travel here. Plan a summer vacation, maybe, there. There is something familiar about this feeling, when your world takes a sudden turn in another direction. I felt that way in 2006, and this is why I wanted to launch this podcast, All About Disruption, and interview my husband, Cam. He and I were two young parents to two children, three and one, when I had a sudden and surprising diagnosis of cancer. Our world took a sudden and very sharp turn. I was reading my journal the other day and in it I wrote, Today the doctors confirmed what I knew in my heart, breast cancer. I went on to describe the shock I felt knowing that my name and cancer were in the same sentence. Surprise and disbelief. I would never want to associate myself with such an enemy, I said. Today on the podcast, I'm interviewing the other part of that story, my husband and his perspective. Um, and we're just going to share a little bit about that story because I do think that the disruption that we felt and the things that we learned from there about making our plans or or trying to make our plans sort of in pencil, as opposed to um, being really, really active about our plans and expecting them to happen. There's something about what i learned and what i think we learned during that time that is so important to share disruption when it comes your way um, it really does have a teaching element and there's something that um, i feel really makes a lot of sense with 2020 and what we have learned about disruption and what we've learned about having a plan b that reminds me of that experience we had or what i had in 2006 And so so today I want to interview my husband and just get his perspective and his ideas about having a plan B and what that looks like in leadership and in life. So today I'm going to be interviewing Cam and asking him a few questions about disruption. Stay tuned. (music) Thank you for being here today, Cam.
1: Thanks for having me. This is exciting. We are on the uh, cusp of something you've wanted to do for a really long time.
0: I know. It seems like it's a bit unreal that I'm actually doing a podcast, something that I talked about doing for a really long time. It feels a bit surreal that we're in the same house and we're on this podcast together. But I just wanted to ask you A few questions just to kind of connect that idea of having a plan B and I want to ask you today about if you think plan B's are important and why you think a plan B would be important. So um, if we could start with a heavy question, I have a heavy question for you. Are you ready?
1: You're going to hit it hard right away, <laughs> hey? Okay, let's let's see what we can do here. Okay. So
0: what would you say is the connection between those dark days several years ago when you were married to the person with that crazy diagnosis and this wild year that we have just had that is not quite over yet? Have you noticed some similarities? Did you learn something way back in 2006 that was sort of familiar, I guess, and maybe helped you in 2020 when the world took a crazy turn and your kids were all of a sudden taking their schooling online and everyone suddenly, boom, locked down
1: at home? Wow, that is a big question. I think there's definitely some similarities, though I would hesitate to say they have, for us anyways, remotely the same level of Uh, significance at this time, meeting in 2006, when you were diagnosed with a a cancer diagnosis, and it affected our family greatly with two very small children, and uh, everyone was reeling unsure of what uh, the diagnosis would end up uh, ultimately looking like, and the incredible amount of treatment and surgeries, etc., that you went through, and just the fact that it was front and center in our world and though we shared it with loved ones and we had some amazing people alongside us family and friends co-workers etc it was still a lot more our story and I would find that this global pandemic now and and what's been going on since March isn't just our story we're a part of something that's on a really broad level I think it's fair to say that there are some lessons that we can take away so 2006 taught resiliency. Uh, It taught grit. It taught having uh, a trust for sure, a faith in in God to say, we don't know what the future holds. And I think we need to realize on and on that we actually still don't know what the future holds. But sometimes when we're not in the fire, we, we tend to think we actually can control more of our lives than we actually can. So I think that, the similarity would be that this pandemic has demonstrated again, that actually we don't really know what's, uh, going on in terms of the future, that being with the, the sickness itself, but also with how our world is getting shut down, uh, activities, businesses, uh, and then all the current events that are happening in conjunction with it. So I think there's definitely takeaways, uh, and that resilience piece would, would be one. And, and just the, uh, the maybe not as concerned about the unknown future, because that took a long time in 2006 for me to wrap my head around. What is this unknown future? And and how do I navigate through it?
0: Yeah, and I think it's interesting, you you mentioned disruption. And I think that's one of the words, one of the key words, uh, key takeaways that I have, I feel like disruption causes people to be or or it can lead to innovation and creativity. Have you seen at all any uh, disruption leading to like creativity in your in your own life when you think of yourself as a leader? Do you do you see any similarities between the disruptions that we've had through this global pandemic or even past disruptions in your life? Do you feel like there's any correlation between uh maybe some creativity or innovation or or new patterns that have been formed because of disruption have you seen that in in your personal life or professional life
1: good question i think lois that disruption can cause us to do a couple things it can cause us to retreat which maybe we need to do uh for a period of time just to be able to wrap our head around Uh, what is going on. But uh, hopefully, and and I think for me in in these situations, it's caused me to challenge myself and to try to learn something new. So I would say that out of some of these disruptions can come opportunities to learn and to be willing to adapt uh, to what is now happening. So the fact that this pandemic is now happening is changing a lot of things and we will go back to some semblance of normal at some point. Uh, and of course the the big thing is what is normal, but we will go back to, I, I think some, some normalcy, whether it be again with school and with travel and different things, but inside of this has also created some opportunities and potentially some different ways to look at things. And, and I think that, the key to being a leader in these things is to not be uh, stuck in the status quo. I mean, the status quo really can be a dangerous place to be. So when we're in these things is recognizing the fact that how can we find uh, what's good in it and how can we move forward that we don't need to be where we were exactly, but we can actually at some point maybe be in a better or at least a different place that's moving towards something better. So I think it's a mindset and I think you have to be willing to constantly learn in order to have that and to embrace that mindset. And frankly, we're in a stage where we want to teach our children to not retreat or be stuck in the status quo, but to also then be problem solvers and to learn and to adapt.
0: Yeah. And I, I want to unpack that a little bit because you said, um, you were talking about learning, and I was just wondering, what would you say is something you hope to learn as a leader in this upcoming new year 2021?
1: I think one thing I want to learn is to continue to be, and I've said it already, but continue to be adaptable and and to do so uh, in a way that we can continue to, to move forward uh, in whatever position both at work I may find myself in, but even in my my personal life and to take advantage of opportunities that that present and actually to find opportunities. Uh, and then I guess from a from a supervisory role, just to uh, continue to listen and and to be there for people, I think that uh, this is such a time when some people are going through a, a difficult time uh, in this season, especially. And just to be sensitive to that and to, to really listen uh, to where uh, the people that we lead, the people that we work alongside, where they're at, and to to not only to meet them there, to be an active listener, but to actually um, where I can uh, to really assist and, and to be um, any kind of impact I can be for their lives as well.
0: Well, and I think Right now it's so important as leaders to be empathetic and to be great listeners. Obviously, that you know, those things have never changed in leadership. But how you know, how do you hang on to that kind of or how do you get through that daily grind of constantly being empathetic and and being an active listener? Because it can feel really heavy. It can feel like there's a lot of pressure on leaders in supervisory roles to kind of keep going with that empathy and that active listening. I mean, how do you kind of refuel as a leader so that you can keep doing that day after day after day, because it just feels like that's not letting up right now in this global pandemic. There are far reaching effects for people. Um, You know, we've, we've talked a lot in, in leadership um, contexts about how, People's mental health is really strained right now. And, you know, I think of myself in the education world, teachers are, are constantly needing to kind of reinvent themselves as teachers. And it's like there's this constant strain. And so as a leader in a supervisory role, how do you kind of refuel that? Because you have to just keep on listening and you have to keep on being super empathetic. But that is taxing. So how do you deal with that as a leader?
1: Yeah, and I think you kind of answered my question a little bit when you said refuel. But to unpack that further, I think that we're human. So there's going to be times when we really struggle to be able to give when we may not feel we have a lot to give. So I think that in order to be in a position where, in, when you, need, where you can give and you can be empathetic and you can lead well in that area, I think you need to really work on being healthy yourself and if you're not also uh gonna gonna water uh your garden it's not going to grow so i think that if if you're not going to water yourself and and actually give yourself the time to to actually to be healthy to unwind etc you're actually not going to be able to give very much so uh for me on a personal level i mean there's some different things that are really valuable to me uh one would be uh my faith another one would be uh, time spent with family. So I will, uh, be energized by the time I spend with, with, uh, you as my wife and with, my, uh, our kids and, and by doing activities and having fun with them, those are energizing activities for me, physical fitness. So whether it be lifting weights or just getting out and riding a bike, hitting the the coolies or the mountains or, or a, a hard walk or, a, snowshoe, whatever it might be, but just something that, that requires a fair amount of activity uh, is something that really energizes me. And it, it's very good for you. Uh, obviously, uh, we know the research behind exercise. Uh, there's another thing that and I'm an extroverted person. So uh, friendships energize me and being with people energize me. So uh, I'm not someone who, who wants to necessarily retreat uh, to refresh, uh, at times, I may, but a lot of times what I would like to do is actually uh spend time with people and then having some laughs and and having a deep connection actually reenergizes me as well so understanding what you need to be able to reenergize to be healthy so that you can give uh I think is so important because if we're if if we're a fairly empty vessel ourselves, we're obviously not going to be able to give because it's not going to be there. And I think, lastly, uh, what I want to say to that is also having the relationship with people that you lead. So, I think it's much different to have relationship with people and be leading them, and then if there's a need or if uh, they're in a situation where, especially empathy is needed at that point, uh, I think it flows more naturally uh, than if potentially you're you're not in in relationship. So, I think. Well, I know that part of leadership obviously is that being in relationship with people and that I think um, will also fuel me to, to be able to, and empower to, to be able to, to help more and be empathetic for sure.
0: So I just wanna take a bit of a turn here. Um, you have talked a lot about leaders being vulnerable. And one thing that I've heard you say over and over again with your leadership studies is that vulnerability builds trust. And I'm just wondering if you could just touch on that a little bit, what does that mean to you as a leader and why is that so important to you?
1: For sure. So when I went through Royal roads and, and, uh, was in my master's of leadership and, and was learning that I used to take that back to the family. And of course, even with some of our friends and stuff like that. And, and, and we would joke about it a little bit when I would say something that would, that would be, uh, soft or sensitive and something like that. And I, I would use that line, but, but really there's, there's so much truth to it. When I first started my career in policing, uh, 23 plus years ago, there was not a lot of vulnerability from leadership and it was very difficult for me to understand or to feel almost a part of or welcomed in in what a leadership style looked like back then. It was definitely as the leader, uh, you do what I say and there wasn't uh, and there's always the exception, but there weren't very many leaders and I surely did not have very many that seemed to or demonstrated that they actually cared about who I was. They cared about uh, the work getting done, and it was done in a very uh, strong way that, that didn't build any vulnerability or trust between us. So oftentimes you, were, you would walk out of an encounter feeling like you didn't measure up, like you um, weren't valued or important. And it never sat right with me, but yet I felt like I had to change who I was because if I wanted to survive and be successful in that environment, I somehow needed uh, to be like that. But it never sat right with me and I ultimately never was able, nor did I want to make that change to to be more like that. And and I think that as I've grown in my leadership, taking formal education and really had the ability over the, the last decade to cut my teeth in leadership. I really realized that having that vulnerability uh, is being willing to engage in relationship and be able to show people who you really are. And it doesn't mean that you always have every answer. It doesn't mean that you're always the smartest person in the room. It doesn't mean that um, you're able to solve every problem. But you're also, what it is, the ability to do is to empower your people, to work with them, uh, to let them know you care, to lead them, and to um, create an environment where they actually can grow and prosper. And they actually then take steps steps forward that they become uh, empowered to, to do really well and, and to solve problems. And And understand that in that doesn't mean there's not some really crucial conversations and that there's not accountability. And by no means have I done it all right. But uh, there's that willingness to be approachable. There's that willingness to actually care about uh, people's families and, and who they are and how they're doing. And there's also that willing then to hold people accountable, to have some crucial or tough conversations with people, but to do it because you care and because you ultimately want what's best for them. And what's best for the organization and that's a really hard balance sometimes what's best for both the individual but also for the organization because we are working in an organization and uh, it's important that that the the goals uh, of that organization they matter so that they need to be met as well so uh, it's a very complex role in leadership and yet essentially so much of it comes down to relationship and how we choose to treat people. And we can, we can have people move the chains or or do so much more when they feel valued and empowered than when they feel uh, suppressed. And I think that's been my journey and my life learning through both, a I think more of a professional way and, and even on a private level as my leadership's unfolded. And I think even what leadership looks like, Uh, over the last few decades has unfolded so
0: what else is important to you as a leader like what else would you say you highly value and highly regard like if you were to just choose you know one or two things that you think or characteristics that you think are really important as a leader what would you say those characteristics are
1: Yeah, good, great question. So I, I think it would be to to have a relationship, to empower people, to challenge themselves to be the best that they can be, and to also have uh, the courage. I think courage is so important, but to have the courage to also have uh, crucial conversations and hold people accountable. And I've seen too often where leaders want to be people's friend, and they they, they don't necessarily separate uh what their leadership role is from also uh being peers with people and and leadership means that you sometimes have to make hard decisions oftentimes you do and uh to have the relationship where you can make those hard decisions that may not be the decisions that people want or or feel is right but it's again in the view of the organization and and long term for for the team and i think that that sweet spot is is uh having the relationship with the people empowering people to to grow and lead and for them to to be their best that they can one day lead replace you etc but also have the courage to make those hard uh difficult decisions and those hard conversations because i've also learned through my experience that people value real feedback and once people know that you're willing to give them real feedback, they actually will come to you because it's valued. Um, but that's, but that's not always something that comes natural to many of us. We, we don't want to have honest. Let me rephrase that. Honest conversations are good. We don't necessarily want to have conversations where we identify areas for growth and yet we, um, I think once we're more comfortable with that, we'll find that people will come forward and actually uh, value those conversations. Well, and
0: that also
1: oh, pe- go ahead. I was just say lastly, Lois, because people people who who are committed to organizations, who are committed to their careers, who are committed to their families, they want to be oftentimes the best they can be. And and I know that's a slogan, but but someone who's willing to have the, those conversations with them, it actually matters because. We can always find people who are going to give us fluff, but can we find people who are willing to actually speak into our lives to, to help us in a, in a empowering way, but also in an empathetic and a caring way. And, and again, I'm human and many times we'll get that wrong, but that's what I strive for in my leadership style. Well,
0: and you know, you've talked about how important feedback is and how important it is to hear from other people, you know, these are some areas for growth. But if you were to just think about yourself and what you see in yourself, what would you say is an area for growth for you in leadership? Because I, I remember, and I think it was Kuzas and Posner in their learning leadership book, they talked about, you know, how important it is to know what you value, but also to be able to see those blind spots ourselves and, and to know Um, what we need to work on what are some areas for growth for ourselves because the hardest people to lead are ourselves and john maxwell has said that so many times but what would you say is an area for growth that you have identified for yourself in your leadership
1: yeah i think an area for growth is there there'd be a couple obviously one would be not taking on too much so so not trying to be everything to everybody and then finding that I'm actually maybe missing the mark or, uh, I'm, I'm cast, trying to cast too, too wide of a net. And I guess by that, I mean, um, staying in our lane to, to realize that it may be that we, uh, can really move our team forward or, or there may be certain team members that, uh, can be, uh, coached, mentored, empowered. And, um, and in certain situations, we may be limited to, to what we're able to accomplish or, or to get done. And, and ultimately I think I can at times get discouraged when I feel like I've tried to work with and, and help people and, and just, uh, journey with people to, to maybe, uh, identify ways that, um, we can improve as a team uh, things that they can maybe uh, bring differently to the team. And then when that uh, doesn't happen or, or you don't see growth steps I, I think as anyone would um, we can feel discouraged there a little bit. And I think part of that is just staying the course and, and being consistent. So I guess it's a matter of uh, being realistic with uh, what Changes can happen in in a specific timeline and, and, um, and staying inside that would be one of the things that I think um, is an area for growth for me uh, expectations wise and, uh, and also being willing to, to, and, and asking other people that I trust. So mentors that I trust to, to actually give me a good idea of, of where I'm at and be willing to hear that feedback as well is sometimes we ourselves don't want to hear that feedback. So to, again, to continue to be vulnerable myself, to go again to people I trust and say, Hey, what do you see? What are my blind spots? And, and all levels of the team. So uh, not just peers who are going to be maybe more gentle to me, but also people uh, who maybe I don't have as much relationship with. So I think that consistent uh, check-in to ensure that we're on the right track um, is important.
0: So just to kind of bring this full circle, I wanna ask you one last question. Um, you and I have both had disruption affect us significantly, both in our professional and our personal lives. We have had business failure, we've had um, you know, my cancer journey, you had meningitis. Um, there's some different things that have affected us personally and professionally what would I guess, would you say that having a plan B is important? Or what would you say to people about having a plan B in life? Because as I I feel so strongly about this, that so often we create these plans, and we make these plans. And and that's why 2020 has just kind of hit me in the face with this. But we make all these plans, and we have all these ideas. And I love ideas and goals. And and looking to the future and trying to focus on different things that I want to work towards, but sometimes there's kind of a lack of flexibility with that. And I think that 2020 has definitely reminded me of how important it is to have a plan B, but what would you say about having a plan B? What would you tell aspiring leaders or or people who are currently in leadership roles what would you say about having a plan b
1: for sure lois i think it's absolutely critical in fact i got some really wise advice by leaders that i've uh, had the privilege of of being around and there's been so much talk uh, from them about leaders need to be nimble and, and adaptable and we see it more and more this year of course than we ever have and uh, both in my industry, but, but in the world. And the fact is, is that as a leader, if you're not nimble and, and you think that, well, this is the path we're going to take and all of a sudden different things come that completely are a roadblock. If we're not able to adapt, uh, we really are, are going to become irrelevant really fast. So I think that good leaders and in my experience, what I've seen is good leaders are nimble Uh, they see where, uh, problems have, have suddenly arise, arisen, or else they either even see where opportunities have suddenly, uh, come to light and are able to, to make those, uh, quick decisions to adapt. So plan B is critical because we, at the end of the day, and I think coming full circle for this conversation, when you asked me that question about, uh, how things have been different from 2006 or similar to now. And in this pandemic is we don't know what's coming over the hedge next. We, we, as people especially love to uh, plan our lives and we like things to be really uh, stable, but we've learned and continue to learn. And sometimes it's like the movie 50 first dates where you have to learn it over and over again. Nothing is just, consistent and stable and we can just plan for it. So we have to be willing to adapt. And, uh, if we are, and I think the best leaders are, uh, they're the ones that are more successful and and are able to guide their organizations and their people, uh, the best. So, uh, I think you titling your podcast plan B and, and I know, uh, for us, uh, in our personal life, we've, we've needed to hit a plan B many times. So I think it's a very, uh, great title that you've come up with.
0: Well, thanks, Cam. I, I think there's pizza coming to our house tonight. And so I thank you for joining me on my first podcast. And I uh, look forward to um, to seeing how our plan B's and C's evolve in our in our own lives and in our professional lives as well. Um, we have a lot of life experience and work experience, uh, professional and personal, that I think is worth sharing. And, and if you know, I believe in one thing that is definitely that we all have a story. And I think it's really important to share those stories. And so I thank you for sharing your story today.
1: Yeah, Lois, and I want to congratulate you on your first podcast. You've been wanting to do this for a really long time. And uh, what a privilege for me to be your guest. And you definitely deserve pizza tonight and maybe some chocolate because this is a, a great First step for you, and I think you're really going to enjoy it and be able to have a lot of great leaders actually uh, tell their story. and And you are a great writer and a, and interviewer. And I look forward to to what kind of information will continue to come from this. So congratulations on on this first time, and thanks for having me.
0: All right, thank you, and we'll eat some pizza. Take care, Cam. Thank you thanks for joining us on the episode today about disruption on the plan b podcast all about leadership in life we hope you join us again and please let your friends know about this podcast so we can share more stories about leadership in life